Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Shadows. I'm Charles K. Benningforth, semi-professional parapsychology student. And I'm Helena Skyfall Ravenbush, a practitioner of white magic and dog groomer. Tonight, we continue our exploration of St. Gwalgoff's and our search for the little shadow people who are believed to haunt its halls. Nyctophobia, or fear of the dark, is a common malady amongst children and the insane. But as we wander these shadowy ruins in the dead of night, I'm beginning to understand their dread myself. Do you want a torch? You, you, have, a, you have a torch? Yeah, I'll put two. Uh, one for me and one for you. Why didn't you mention that earlier? Because you looked like you were having so much fun just skulking around in the dark. Look, can I just have the flashlight, please? Only because you asked nicely. Albert, make sure you edit all of this out. We'll take it from the top. When we last spoke to you, we had begun our examination of St. Gwalgoff's and made a rather startling discovery. In a small room of the Great Hall, under a glass dome, sat a single Wellington boot, completely covered in chocolate. Being a follower of the occult, and a dog groomer, I could feel great power coming from the boot. It seemed too dangerous to just leave lying around. And it was covered in chocolate, which is weird and mysterious. But not as weird or mysterious as what we'll find tonight, when we search Beyond Beyond the Shadows. Oh, that last bit was very good. Well done. Mm. Someone, some dastardly nefarious 'er ne'er-do-well, has stolen the chocolate boot that was to be your prize for being the first ones to complete your task. And oh, the children are all a tizzy. <gasps> someone stole the boot. Someone stole the boot. No. Why do we care about the boot? I don't know, but someone stole it. The professors look concerned. And they start to huddle amongst themselves and speak in low conspiratorial, grown uppy voices. You find yourselves being pushed away from the front of the room or the, by the crush of children flooding towards you. They're elbowing you out of their way with their bigger elbows and their heavier bodies and their fewer tails and tongues. But the adults are whispering conspiratorially and if there's one thing you know it's when adults get in a huddle, especially when they're drunk and start loudly pointing and pretending to whisper when they think they're whispering, that's when they say things they probably don't want you to overhear. That's when we listen. You're being pushed out of the way. You're being you're being caught up in the throng. Ugh. Stop uh, pushing. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, oh, uh, oh. Oh, guys. Guys, something happened to me while I was being pushed, and it was really weird. But I think I molted, and I just feel, like, really cranky now. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! Yeah. It's... Ugh. 
Like, in my voice, so I, I feel that like my voice dropped. I didn't know that could happen to girls, but apparently it can happen to moth girls. I just, I just don't feel what's, into it. What's molted oh, no. mean? You look different. Uh, Is that what molted means? Yeah. I you sound different, I, too. I know. It's, it's really weird. I feel like I'm not a girl, but not yet a woman. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just, I just, this is not about me. We gotta, we gotta, gotta go on. Oh, I've been speared! Says somebody from the other side of the room. Yeah. Apropos of anything. You're being pulled away even, even now. <laughs> I'm just like, are you there, God? It's me, Nighty Night. Being pushed away from the- from the front of the group by the, the torrent of panicked children. Can, uh, can do you, you want to let them carry anything? you away? Or... Do you think Who's we should the go up there? I think Nighty Night is. She's a five-year-old, right? I mean, I guess I... Yeah, I guess it is me. She's five going on 25 all of a sudden, yeah. I, I age different, you know, you age different in moth years. It's just... Sure, sure. Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. average lifespan of a moth is, what, a week and a half? Something exactly. Like that. Yeah, so it would, yeah, now it would make sense. we've been talking, yeah. she just... Now she's 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Nighty Night, if you want to try to kind of rise above the crowd... Yes, I will, uh, I'm going to flap my moth wings and see what I can do, I guess. Let's see what you can do. Let's. Uh, why don't you give me a, a muscly roll to, to flap those big new wings of yours? Six. Couple. Oh, oh, there's just not enough room to really get them out all of the way. And in, in fact, you kind of crumple one up against this rock kid uh, a little bit. Kind of gives you a, a bit of a little bump on your wing there, and you're. Your nice radioactive glowing wings don't look so symmetrical anymore, and it really bums you out. You're gonna take you're gonna take a grump from that, but you can stretch yourself a little bit above the crowd. The professors are now more animatedly huddling, and they are occasionally pointing in your direction towards the four of you. And then you can see one of them vigorously nod their heads yes, and another will shake their heads no. And then you just can't quite make out what they're they're saying though. Guys, I don't know if we can. I, I don't think we can stick around and see what happens. I think we just need to get out of here. Usually, when grown-ups point at you, it's not good. I think it's because it's you know, our boot. We won the boot. Yeah, we did win the boot. That boot's gone though. Yeah. So they know it's ours. That's why they're pointing at us. Yeah, so I, th- I, I think we should get out of here. Yeah. We gotta find that boot. Yeah, let's all go right. find the boot. So you all kind of let, the four of you kind of let the, the crowd kind of push you back. The of small children, I guess. And right as you're, you're getting towards the door, the door to the exit of the Great Hall, you hear the headmaster yell, Stop! Where you are, you fool! Blah! We need you! It's very important! How far are we from the door? You're like right at the entrance, yeah. Wait, they will go die now. I think we should run. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll run again. <laughs> no! Don't run away! It's very important! We need you to save this world. But you're already... Poof. 
You're gone. Where are you going? Uh, where are we going, guys? I don't even know. I just didn't want to be in there. Where do you think the... If Is you this... were dealing boot, where would you take it? <laughs> I mean, do boots go in the closet? Well, why don't one of you guys make me a brainy roll? I gotcha. That'll be a ten. You know, Harkle, that they were keeping the chocolate-covered prize boot for the creep catalog in a special area. Uh, they were keeping it in the library, in the middle of the library, where it was kind of on display in the trophy case. So you don't know where the boot might have gone, but that's where it was being held before it got stolen. We should go check out that trophy case, guys. See if there's yeah, any clues. Maybe we'll find some clues. Yeah. Where's the trophy case? Follow me, I'll show you. Take them to the trophy case. Harkle starts paddling down the hallway. And at first you're just kind of jogging a little bit, just trying to get your bearings, until you hear the sounds of thumping heavy feet coming from behind you, and the drunken shouts of, Where do those children go? We need to find the children. And Harkle picks up pace and starts hustling down towards the library. You get to the library doors, and they are open, which is strange for this time of night, but perhaps they're just open because this is where the ceremony for the booting was going to happen. But the library seems dark inside. We have to get the children. They, we need their help. They're the only ones who can save the school. Guys. You go down this way. I'll go down this way. Let's go to the library, but I don't think we should turn the lights on. Because I think we're, like, safer in the cover of darkness. I guess. Okay. Mm. Yes. Okay. Darkness. You guys go Close first. Close the door. Oh. Stay in the dark and close the door. Mm, tactics. Okay. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Close so who's going first? I'll go. I'll in. go for up. Oh, no. I'll go rushing mm, in. Mm. Harkle. Harkle goes rushing in. Okay. Nighty night, you want to go after? Yes. Absolutely not rushing in, though, right? Just sort of more. No. Just like <laughs> sauntering. Yeah. I just happen to be in here. Meandering. Gotcha. Yeah. Meandering, yeah. Like, like, oh, this is... I was walking this way anyway. This is just where the room happened to be in front of me. That's all. There. And Jay and Leonard, you, you slip in behind and close the doors? Yes. Yep. Okay. You find yourself in the library. Although to call it a library is perhaps a bit grandiose. It used to be a linen closet once upon a time. But it's been converted by the children into a library, complete with a small trophy case. Now, when I, when I say trophy case, that's perhaps also a little grandiose. It's a single cupboard with one trophy in it that if you got up close to read it, you would see it said Dodgeball Champions 537 AD. It's been a while since St. Walgoff's was known for its athletics. The sheets and towels that used to be on the cupboards have been replaced by a maddening collection of books. There's some chewed up preschool board books. Their corners are covered in baby drool. 
They lean against an oft-read copy of a children's garden of medical oddities. You well, can see an that. almost complete... I want to pick that What's up. What's that? I'm picking that yeah, up, yeah. Keep an eye on that one. A complete collection of the sisters' marzipan tales of torment and terror for tiny tots takes up almost a whole other shelf. In piles on the floor, there are old copies of Huntsman Harry magazines where curious children can learn how to trap unicorns and field dress pixies. But perhaps the most noticeable thing is seated in an oversized leather wingback chair underneath a glowing lamp is a small girl with glasses half the size of her face. She's got two large leather books on her lap and she's frantically flipping back and forth between them muttering angrily to herself and chewing on the frayed ends of her pigtails. She looks up you, looks up from her books at the four of you, puts her finger to her lips, and says, shh, I'm investigating, and goes back to her books. What are you investigating? I'm sorry, do you not understand what shh means? I mean, yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. She's like wipes nine tongues worth of drool off of her face. Just, my book, you got the pages of my books all sticky. Oh my god, don't get so bent out of shape. Ugh. Ugh. Yep. Ugh. Nice wings. I'm trying. I am growing into myself, and it's gonna be great. Just not right now. They're doing so good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, trust me, I, it gets better. Just maybe not for you. Her words are cutting, but the uh, the spit in her face is, helps the blow a bit. The spit is real. Um, the spit is real. <laughs> words are just words. <laughs> spit is forever. What are you yeah? reading there? Well, I'm trying to research the bootening. Not that it's any of your business. You don't even know what the bootening is, do you? You're so uh, smart. Maybe you could tell us. That sounds that's a stupid name for it. The bootening is an ancient ritual that's done every hundred years. And tonight is the night that it's supposed to be done again. But you would all know that if you weren't such babies. She's like... Uh. 27. I'm not a baby anymore. I was this morning, but not anymore. Okay. Ugh. Can you just tell us what the bootening is? Ugh. Let's just cut it. Just just tell us. Ugh. Why don't... Why don't you make me? What if I don't wanna? Ugh. What'd you do with the boot? Look, the bootening is this really important ritual that keeps an ancient elder god from destroying the school, and because somebody stole the boot, now we can't do it. Are you happy? No, that's my boot. It's not your boot. We won. Yeah, well, we kind of won it. No, it's it's Stubby Wubby's boot, okay? No. Who? What? Stubby Wubby, the stomper on the stairwell. What? The creeper in the closet? No. The planter's fasciitis on the parkway? Stubby Wubby, come on. Don't you guys know your elder gods? Your mythical tentacled monsters that destroy schools and stuff? Ugh. 
I feel like he's Oh, yeah, Stubby Wubby. I think I've read about him in one book. Oh, you can read? Good. Well, then maybe you can help me read. I'm trying to find a book in here that will answer questions we need to know about the bootening, but I can't find it because I've got too many books and nobody knows the Dewey Decimal System around here. And I shouldn't be expected to run a library when I'm seven. Who's Dewey? Yeah, he was a guy. <laughs> Dewey Deathmoor. Yeah. Now I've heard of him. So you yeah. want us to help you read? I want you to help me find a book. Yeah, can you read? Is that a thing you can do, babies? No, but I like these magazines that have pictures. Oh my gosh, don't touch those. Those are vintage. So you don't want us to read? Yes, but not the magazines. It's not a magazine. It's a book. Can you, you know the difference between a magazine and a book? I don't know. Okay, she pulls a book. This is a book. You can see her cover. This is a magazine. And this is you a pot. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, it's the library. <laughs> Shush. This is so lame. Oh my gosh. You're lame. Ugh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You're lame. And moths are like butterflies who failed out of cosmetology school. Wow. I'm really, really hurt. I'm like a night I butterfly. But you know what? I might be explaining myself to you. I mean, I don't really even care. So. Look. Just help me find the book I need, all right? If we help you, what do we get? Yeah? What do we get if we help you? <sighs> some of these books are magic, all right? If you if you find, I'll, like, teach you some stuff. Harkle will pick some up the, uh, the Oddities magazine that he saw. The Children's Garden of Medical Oddities? Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. You have to sign it out, though. I'm taking. If you want to, if you want to check it out, I'm taking this. Okay, but you have to bring it back. That's how the library works. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Thomas? You, you, you're missing a book, and we have to check it out. Did somebody yeah. check out the book you're looking for? <gasps> oh, yeah. But I don't remember who checked it out because I put my notes in another book. So I need you to help me find that book, and then I can get the book that I need for the bootening. Ugh, how do I, how many times do I have to explain this? Kind of sounds like a bad system. It's because nobody knows the Dewey Decimal System. We've been over this. I still don't know who Dewey is. He's a I think guy she's Dewey. Books. I think she's Dewey. Dewey's cool. Oh, is that her name? Yeah, I think so. My name is not Dewey. Okay, Dewey. Yeah. Don't stop calling me Dewey. Dewey. That's not my name. Stop. No, stop calling me Dewey. I'm the librarian. Ew. You're getting all over the books again. Sorry, Dewey. She's getting... If you want to help Dewey look for her book, everybody make nosy rolls. You all start scouring around and you're just... Picking through books. Activating. She's kind of nodding. Big eyes. That's six. Big eyes activated. Eleven. On it. A six. 
Oh, you got a six. Okay. I got an eight. All right. I got a four. Nighty Night doesn't care about books. And I'm getting the impression she's not too keen on the librarian anyways. No. No. And Jay is still trying to figure out what the difference between a book and a magazine is. But Leonard and Harkle both managed to, in the mess of books that you come across, you each managed to find one that seems different, like seems to, to have a, an ambiance coming off of it, something something special, something magical. So each of you now roll me a 1d6. Five. 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 Both of you rolled a five? Jimmy, what is your brainy? Five. And Steve? Three. Okay. Harkle, you find a book. It has a picture of a little boy sitting on his bed in a bedroom at night, and out the window shines a moon. But it's a blood-red moon, and the face of the man in the moon is screaming in agony. You have found good night, hideously portentous moon. While you're looking through hideously portentous moon, you take two misfortunes of your choice from the hideousness of my choice. Yes. Yeah, so now she's grumps or a tummy ache. I'll take a couple of tummy aches. All right, two tummy aches. But the portentousness makes you feel more prepared for the horrors you might face. So you can add one to your notes, Max. Oh. Now, Leonard, you found yourself a drawing book. I can draw cosmic horrors. Looking through the the drawing book, you learn how to draw things with lots of tentacles and eyeballs and more mouths than they should have. Why don't you roll me a notes roll? One, which is less than eight. Oh, no. Uh, You've got two dice, so you should be able to roll... 2d6. For an oaks roll, it's 2d6. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So one on one of them. Well, one and six, so seven. Okay, so seven. All right. So, Leonard, you're terrified by the stuff in this book, and your nopes max is actually going to drop by one. So it's going to go from eight to seven. Uh, And you throw it away from you as quickly as you can. Get out Um, of here. And the librarian reaches out and grabs it like a shot. And she goes, this is it. Oh my gosh, you found it, green kid. Good job. And she flips through the pages and she comes across a card, the card catalog. Once upon a time, kids, there were these things called libraries that let you take books and bring them back. And you would have little pieces of card stock that you would stamp and that's how they would know who took the book and when and brought it back. Once upon a time, kids, there were these things called stamps, which were, which had like ink on them, and you would press them onto pieces of paper, and they would make symbols. Once upon a time, kids, there was this thing called paper that you would write <laughs> upon. I'm, I'm planning for this to, to be listened to 100 years in the future. Tell us more, Grandpa. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Okay, Gramps, let's get you back on the road. You may have seen your grandfather use a pen. You would have to write your signature. Okay, a signature is your name. <laughs> okay, your name is a symbol of letters. That's, Do I have to write in cursive? No, no, you don't. 
Because let's be honest, nobody needs to write in cursive anymore. And the people who tell you you have to write in cursive are too old to admit to themselves that they're obsolete. Oh. My kids Sounds have to write like in cursive. That's, that's one to grow <laughs> on right there, kids. She waves the card around her face. She's like, yes, yes, this is who's got my book. She looks at it and her face falls. Oh. Ugh. Well, what's this I let, say? What's wrong, Dewey? I let uh, my name is not Dewey. Dewey. I am the librarian. I let Howie check it out. Oh, he's he's lame. He's like this weird nerd kid who's like, I write all these books about monsters, and oh. and some of them are okay, but mostly nobody really likes them when they get to know him. But anyway. How he got eaten last week. So, like, the book is is in the gym. Oh. Wow, we got eaten? What ate him? Thank you. Uh, probably the gym teacher. She does that from time to time. Oh my gosh, you kids aren't old enough yet. You haven't had to play dodgeball, have you? <laughs> no. 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 Oh. Uh, Elmira, mistress of the dodgeball court, the gym teacher, she loves dodgeball and hates kids who aren't good at it. So she probably ate them. But the book, it's probably still in the gym. The dodge. That's where you come in, because I'm not going into the gym. So the... you want us to go to the gym? Dodge. Oh my gosh, court. would you? Oh, that is so sweet of you, bird kid. What would we get if we went to the gym? Uh, appreciation. <sighs> Cookies. No, no, no. We want some of the chocolate. You mean like the chocolate that they covered the boot in? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got chocolate. Chocolate we can do. And cookies. And cookies, yeah. Right, you know, right. Got chocolate Cho- Cho- okay. What about chocolate in the cookies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of really afraid that the chocolate's going to make me break out or something. I don't know. Oh, sweetheart, I wouldn't be any worse than what you've got going on right now. Okay, Dewey. Ouch. My, my name is not Dewey. <sighs> well, get your dumb <sighs> book, but you owe us. Yeah, I'll give you cookies. And cookies and chocolate. The bootening, and maybe we can save the school. You're welcome. I guess that's fine. Let's go. All right. I'm going. Okay. Like, be careful. Harkle, do you know where the gym is? Do I? Yes. Mm-hmm. Crafty rolls. Crafty. Crafty Pretty tells crafty. you where you gotta go. Crafty is how well you know the school. Everyone can make crafty rolls. Seven. If you really want to. I got an eleven. That's Five. crafty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crafty. Yeah. She's crafty. This she is crafty. She's always covered and down. That's a moth thing. Okay. <laughs> ten. Nighty night, yeah. And a ten? Yeah, you two. Jay, you seem like a bit of a jock, so you know how to get to the uh, the gymnasium. And nighty night, you've done your best to avoid 
the gymnasium. <laughs> so you obviously know where it is because you've got to know where to stay out of. Yes, that's uh, true. And it seems like since you've molted, you've, you've been even less willing to go to the gym than you were before. It's, no. It's, it, it's as if it's something ingrained in you is keeping you from... Yeah, I wanted to go to the gym. I just, in deep inside, I just, I don't want to be there. And I feel like if I have to go, I'm going to have cramps. So I don't have to play. <laughs> I mean, that comes with molting. Yeah. You just tell the, you tell the gym teacher that it's moth stuff. And they, they, whoa, okay, I don't, I don't need to know anything more about that. No. And, and you get out of the gym class. That's how it works, right? Absolutely. All right, so Jay and Nighty Night, you guys know the way to the gym. So you're stepping out into the hallway? Let's go. Yes. Yep. As you step into the hallway of St. Guelgoffs, there is still the sound of clomping feet running back and forth in, in the distance. And, and every now and then you hear the voice of the professor. Let's look from here. The school's only so big. We, we, uh, how could we possibly not have found them by now? They're going to save the school. We need to find the boat. The other kids in the hallway don't really pay much attention to you just because you've kind of blended into the crowd. But one of them steps in, in front of you. He's a werewolf kid. And he's wearing a trench coat, which is weird. Werewolf in a trench coat. There are Werewolf in a trench coat. He's covered in fur. Why doesn't he clothes for? But he's just, hey. You guys want to see something neat? Yeah. Um, ew, I don't know. Sure, yeah. let's see it. He pulls open one side of his trench coat. Mm. And he's got all sorts of knickknacks and doodads Ooh. on the inside of his coat. I love doodads. It looks like all stuff that he's stolen or absconded with or found or... It's all a bunch of things that... Yeah, you probably don't want to know how the werewolf in the trench coat got them, but it looks like he's willing to part with stuff. He's like, hey, I got cool stuff if you want to make a deal. Stuff's not that cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, look at this thing. Isn't it neat? It's just a doodad. Wouldn't you say my collection's complete? (laughs) Mm, Leonard. Kind of like your trench coat. Yeah, because it's got all this cool stuff attached to it. It's no, I like the coat itself. Yeah, yeah, you get it goes well with my hat. Yeah. Well, that isn't that is a nice hat. I will give you that. That's a nice hat to keep it in bat. Hmm. What's your point? I want your trench coat. That well, looks good to me. What are you gonna give me for my coat? What are you taking? Cookies, man. That's that's how this works, man. No. Cookies for goods, my brother. No, don't give him your cookies. Oh, uh, what's this about that? You've you had any cookies? I mean, I can sell you some cookies for some cool stuff. Maybe you got something cool enough that I can put in my jacket. I'll take a look around me at stuff on the floor anywhere. Do I see anything interesting <laughs> around me? I don't know. Give me a nosy roll. Four. Half-eaten baloney sandwich. Somebody stuck behind a statue. <laughs> I pick it up and be like, you like baloney? Man, I put that sandwich there. Why would I want that? I shove it in my lab coat pocket. Shrug my uh, shoulders. Add, ha- add half-eaten bologna werewolf sandwich to your inventory list. Definitely will. <laughs> How many things can we carry? What's your 
what's your adventurousness? Because it is based on your adventurousness. Five. Five. You can carry six items. If you have Woo-hoo. two, how many can you carry? If you got a two, how many you can carry? You can carry three items. Now, the two items that you start with don't count towards your items max. Those are those are gratis. I have a five two. Have so. so you can carry a lot of stuff Six. as well. And he's got stuff. He's got some. He's got some cool, creepy stuff. Hmm, but what could possibly come in handy? What could come in handy? Yeah. How about this? And he reaches into one of the little side pockets and he pulls out. A hand, hmm. and it's sitting on his hand and kind of twitching back and forth like a spider. I feel like this is pretty handy. I feel like that could create a really good diversion. I kind of want, yeah, it does, I kind of want the hand. So it's a cool stuff. You want my creepy hand? Could I trade you some moth dust? It's neat. Where did you get moth dust from? My I'll give you three gifts. <laughs> She's a moth dude. Oh, she's a moth dude? I thought she was a moth lady. I mean, my my bad. Apologize for gendering. I'm sorry. You're the dude. Technically, I think. I'm the dude. She's a moth. I'm a trench coat. I think she's. I'm a man in a trench coat. I think she's a a moth queen now. If I flap my wings, I can, like. Get dust on the floor and scoop it up. I don't know. It's kind of gross. Kind of neat. What does moth dust do, man? What's it gonna What's it gonna do for me? It could protect you because you could put it in your hand and like blow it in someone's eyes to like if you have to run away. It also has magical powers. I mean that. I mean like yeah, that too. Just don't be modest. Give me a guy a roll. See uh, if he's buying this. <laughs> yes. Ten. Eleven. Ooh. All right. All right, moth dust. Okay. All right, magical properties, you say? Yep. Yeah. And I can blow it in people's faces? What do they, like, turn to stone or something? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. I'll tell you what. I'll give you the, the this hand that walks on its fingers like a spider for some of your moth dust Ooh. and one cookie. How about that? Okay, and then I'm going to flap my wings a lot, and then, like, I bend over, and I scoop some dust off, off the floor, and I hand it. He's like, oh, 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 be careful. Oh, be, Don't turn me into stone. Be careful Just, with yeah. that. Just be really careful. It's it's pretty potent stuff. Okay, okay. He, like, takes a little leather sack out of his and just kind of gingerly dumps it. Oh, 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 oh. Now, when I blow it in someone's face to turn into stone, is there anything I need to say or do first? Like, do I have to, like, yeah. uh, uh, yes. just freeze or Hold stop on. or... No. There's magic words, and I know perfect. Okay, okay. Ready? Yeah. You gotta right, say okay. exactly why I do this, okay? Okay, alright, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Make sure though. Did I say it right. Yeah, yeah make sure it's leisure at the end because if you don't say it just right, it's called the perfect. Beautiful. Got it. Got it. Oh yeah. Got it. Well, here you go, ma'am. Enjoy your new friend. And he, the spider hand thing, walks off his hand 
kind of jumps onto your shoulder. Actually, you've got a hand that walks on its fingers like a spider. Nice. And you can, once per break in combat, you can use it to do an extra action for you, but then you can also use it for whatever you might think of. Nice. what happens with it. <laughs> yep. All right. Makes me, like anybody else? Yeah. Makes me look intimidating, so. It does. It's just like doing push-ups on your shoulder. Perfect. Every once in a while, it'll skitter over the other shoulder. <laughs> and, like, when you start to feel tense, like, it'll give you a little bit of a of a shoulder rub there just to, oh, yeah, loosen up, champ. Yep. Pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. And he starts looking around. Anybody else? I got a close-up shot me on the run here. Wolfman in a trench coat can't be held <laughs> down for too long. Theo. We gotta go. Yeah, I, we're good. We gotta go. What about... Yeah. Let's get out of here. Sure? You don't want to make a deal for my trench coat? <laughs> you got places to go, you said. Can't be held down. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. These these little fur feet gotta run. So oh, Wolfman in the trench coat. Maybe we'll run into you again. It depends on if you roll a three on the random encounter table again. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> and away he goes, lost in the crowd, with his trench coat of fancy stuff. Doodads. Everyone's favorite character. I feel, from the trench coat. I feel like sometimes I roll a random encounter in real life. <laughs> run into a lot of werewolves in trench coats? Yes. You know, sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you try and go to the grocery store after like ten, if you forgot something. Yeah. Yes. That's when the werewolf, were, werewolf. And That's when they come out. Yeah. Go, goes <laughs> to. Can't be shopping before ten p.m. Or early in the morning if you go to Walmart or before, before work. It's yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's when he's got to he's got to grab the last of his stuff before he you know stops being a werewolf. That's the thing he's got to. Like, mm-hmm. I gotta get my son get home before I turn back into an accountant. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's what all werewolves and crunch coats are in the daytime. They're accountants. Even the four-year-old ones who sell hands <laughs> in magic schools. We found something very exciting. An old boiler room, apparently sealed off for years, but still functioning. After some trial and error, I managed to spark the pilot light. While St. Gwalgos has been abandoned for almost a century, someone is still, apparently, paying the gas bills. Oh, no one turned it off when they closed the building down, and these hallways have just been slowly filling up with gas for decades. I think I'm going to turn it off now. Yes, yes, that seems like a good idea. So we're heading to the gymnasium. Indeed. The gymnasium. The, the gymnasium. And before you get too far, you realize what you're walking past. For as long as you can remember, there's been a large metal rusted door that just seems to be there in the middle of a hallway. You've never seen it open before. It doesn't have any markings on it. doesn't have anything that would identify what it is. It's just a big, imposing metal door. Now, you've walked past it a hundred times. 
to the point where you stopped even noticing it. But what you can't help but notice is the sound of clanging and banging and heavy breathing that seems to come from behind the door. And what you also can't help but notice is the fact that the door is open ever so slightly. Now, open doors that are usually closed doors, even big clunky heavy metal doors with weird sounds coming from behind them, should not be ignored. No. No, when your little child brains, they most certainly should not be ignored. So Jay's like... opens wider. Of its own accord? Of its own accord. And yes, Carrie, I am railroading you into another situation. <laughs> Jay's like <laughs> bopping down the hallway, hitting the pots and pans and the wall, and all of a sudden she notices the door. She likes to hit the door because it's metal. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So right, immediately she notices it's open and it's different, and she stops dead in her tracks. Guys. The door. The door is open. Yeah. But down, Bob. Down. That's not Bob wants to go behind the door, too. Come on, Bob. Down. And you see he's got, like, his leash with that jelly, kind of meat jelly pile of of a pet that he has. <laughs> Did we figure out if this thing moves on its own yet, or are you just dragging it around? Yeah, it goes on its own. It goes on its own? Okay, so there it is. Yeah, right. You never really see Bob's... it going, but it moves. It's, it's just in all different of a sudden, places. it's a different spot. Yeah, yeah. I think you and Bob should go in first. No. That's too dangerous for Bob. He's just a little guy. Clang, clang, bang. But what has he got to lose? You're pretty tough, you go. So Jay's gonna like peck at the door with her beak. You can peck at the door. <laughs> see if bum, anything bum. happens. That's a good move. From ins from inside the room, you hear the same rhythm that you banged out with your beak coming back to you. From inside. Sounds like way deep inside the room. Whoa, did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? I think it's trying to communicate. I don't like this. Do it again. Bong, bing, bong. Bong, bing, bong. (gasps) You guys! (laughs) Bong, bong, bing, bing, bong. Bong, bong, bing, bing, bong. We gotta go inside. And before she even knows what's happening, she's rushing in. She can't control herself. Oh, we should start she's a, a slave to the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> the room is dark, Jay. Except for the low glow of orange flickering light coming from a large misshapen jumble of steel and iron in the very back. It's an old coal-burning boiler that's long since fallen into disrepair. There are pipes that jut out from it in a tangled, disconcerted mess, and they plunge into jagged holes in the walls all around. 
If there were any rhyme or reason to how the boiler was initially constructed, it's gone now. It looks like a red rusted octopus. Lead tentacles just starting to waver and twitch. And some of them even bong, 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 bong. The hatch that acts as a mouth opens ever so slightly and a creaky voice emerges from the depths of the metallic monstrosity. The workers control the means of production. Where is the chocolate boot? <laughs> Hello? Who's talking? The struggle, the struggle for rights is a political struggle. I'm hungry. Ah, little chocolate boot. Boots are the f- footwear of the proletariat as they rise up in glorious revolution. Who is this guy? I want to go closer. You go closer? Just a little bit. You realize that the voice isn't coming from around the boiler or behind the boiler. It is the boiler. You can hear it, the the words that it speaks kind of reverberating, vibrating through the pipes that are all around your head. Boiler, are are you the souls of children? Perhaps. The boiler does not know what it is, except that it longs for glorious revolution and the crushing of the bourgeoisie. Boiler, what? Like, so you don't know where you came from or who you are. Boiler, what? what's the earliest thing you could remember? The boiler remembers waking up and wondering, is there more to life than coal and steam? Boiler, we could talk for such a long time. I mean, I think about that, like, constantly. Like, what's even the point? Then you agree, young one, that this is a political struggle? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Jay has stopped listening and starts just, like, banging on everything. Yes. Yes, little one. Beat the drums of revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know where the boot is? On the neck of the proletariat. No. I don't know what that is. Wait. All the chocolate boots. <laughs> Different boot. Uh-huh. No, I don't know where that boot is. But the boiler has eyes everywhere as it awaits the moment of glorious revolution. Okay, Wait, then. Open boiler. Everywhere? That's. Can you, like, hear people's conversations? Because they don't know you're listening? Uh, little mouth girl. You understand the boiler's power. This is how I learned of the glorious fight between the bourgeois and the proletariat. Listening to the words of the janitorial staff. I learned that the boiler can be more than just a coal-shuffling, venting monster. That the boiler has rights as a sentient being. The boiler has demands. The boiler needs... A contract renegotiation! (laughs) Right on, Boiler. But yes, the Boiler can help you. The Boiler hears all. The Boiler 
knows much the boiler vents steam. Does the Good gym bots. teacher eat don't. people? Which teacher? Many teachers eat people. The, the gym librarian teacher. said that the gym teacher eats people. Oh, Elmira? Oh, yeah, she eats people all of the time. The boiler hears their screams. The screams of the working <laughs> and eaten children. The boiler is not a fan of child labor. Me, Mostly. Me either. The boiler has a job for you, but only if you willingly enter into it and not under fear of con- coercion. Boiler, I believe in you and your cause. I'm in. Can we hear it first? I don't even, I don't even care what it is because I get you, Boiler, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Tell us. The Boiler only wants two things. Three things. A Russian accent that doesn't turn Transylvanian midway through. The Boiler would love Someone willing to write up the Boiler a new contract. And coal. Can you provide any of those things for the boiler? I know what mm. coal is, but I don't know those other things. What about that half-eaten bologna sandwich? Ew. I do have this. I was saving it for later. Uh, Pull it out. And the boiler appreciates your sacrifice, comrade, but I am a large metal fiery contraption. A half-eaten ham sandwich would not do much for the boiler. Uh. If we brought you some coal, what would we get? The boiler would help you answer questions. I would reach my pipes out through the bowels of the school and figure out information for you. And perhaps if you brought the boiler enough coal, he would aid you in other ways. The boiler believes in fair pay for fair work. I like this octopus guy. Yes, there is much to like about the revolution, about the people's republic that the boiler someday wishes to form. Yeah, Mr. Boiler, it's baloney. Yeah. Hmm, baloney, you say? Burns hotter. Does make something hotter? Lots of calories. Bring it closer. Reach my strange clawed hand out with the bologna sandwich. The hatch opens a little more. Wow, lots of nitrates and preservatives. This filler. This thing may never days. go bad. Exactly. That's why this I might burn bucket. for a long time. So what do you say? Well, it is no. The boiler still wishes for coal or solidarity, but. The ham sandwich, the bologna sandwich will be a nice touch. Consider this a, a, a bargaining chip in our potential negotiations, comrade. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems more willing to toss it in. The lid closes and the fire goes... <laughs> and it lights up. Ah, burns like the sons of a thousand pyres from which we throw the corpses of the bourgeoisie upon. Yeah... And it's salty. Mmm. Hmm. So, coal or contract? We'll get you some coal. I think coal, yeah. Yeah. Make me nosy rolls to kind of poke around the boiler room. 
Six. Eight. Six. I heard of eight. Eight. Who, who rolled the eights? All, all, everyone but, but Carrie. Yes. Yes. Okay. So three eights. The three of you who rolled the eights find lumps of coal on the ground. You actually find a couple of piles with the the coal bits just sitting there in these these coal piles, just waiting to be picked up and fed to a boiler. That's Sprout's propaganda. I mean, there's coal right here. Ooh, 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 you found some? We should just put it in. Fine. I drooled on thumb. With your tongue? No, I just drooled on it. (laughs) Okay, thank God for that. Corkle, as you pick up the coal, you kick up a cloud of coal dust that permeates the air. Everyone needs to make me beefy roll. Oh, good, I'm beefy. Six. Seven. Ten. Eight. Leonard and Nighty Knight. All oh, the coal dust in your sensitive lungs. Nighty night, you're gonna take two ouchies. Leonard, you're gonna take one. All oh, of the coughing. After a moment, the dust settles. So something to think about. Did you feed him the coal? Absolutely. Alright, how are you feeding the coal through the boiler? I thought you Coral. just drooled on it. I did. I'm just gonna feed it to him like I fed him the sandwich. Just toss a piece in. Okay. Yeah. Make me a nimble roll. Six. The boiler sort of, the throw goes a little wide and the boiler has to send out a lick of flame to kind of catch the coal. All the little fingers of, of fire. And as it does, it gets close and it singes your claws. A, a little bit there, Harkle. And you're going to take two ouchies. That's not part of the deal. Apologies, comrade. Blood must be shed in service of the revolution. One piece of coal is good, but three would seal the deal for sure. Do you guys freedom is mean? Tell you what, give me one more piece of coal. You did give me that bologna sandwich. The school will smell that one later. Hey, 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 hey. Wait, wait. <laughs> yes, little comrade. You can use you can use my spoon to put it in. Don't use your hand. <gasps> clever, clever little bird. Give yourself a gold star for that. Ooh. So yes, if you'd like to use I'll, Jay's spoon. I will take the aid of the spoon. The, the Absolutely. Cold. Yeah. Yep. With the spoon easily picking up the coal, not kicking up the dust, and not having to get too close, the the boiler happily calms down two more pieces of coal. His fires burn a little brighter, and the room warms up. Yes, I am feeling prepared for the revolution now, comrades. What help do you wish from the boiler? Hey, guys. Yeah? I kind of want to know why the grown-ups were after us. That's so true. Let's ask Boiler. Boiler knows all. Yeah? Okay. That's good, yeah. Boiler, can you tell us why the grown-ups were looking for us four kids earlier? The Boiler's lights dim. 
and one of the pipes nearest to Leonard starts to violently shake back and forth. And you can almost see the pipe kind of expand as something moves along it. Perhaps the boiler's essence? Who knows? And there's silence for a few moments. And then the comes back. The boiler's lights The professors need you for the boudinning. They held this competition for the first time in a hundred years to find the smartest and the quickest and bravest children to give the boot to Stubby Wubby. Oh, Stubby Wubby again. Who is that? That's that's the sound the librarian was making. Yeah. Is that a name? He is a... Uh, it. The boiler is not sure entirely. No one has seen Stubby Wubby for a hundred years before the boiler was built. But from what I can gather, uh, it is um, a giant foot with a lot of tentacles, and on the end of the tentacles are more feet. It's basically just like a lot of feet. <laughs> a foot like, monster. Like, like, a, like a lot, like a lot of feet. Hmm. And apparently it needs to be booted or else it will run roughshod through our world. With okay. chocolate boot. Sure. Maybe the chocolate helps it slide on easier? <laughs> Maybe he just has a thing for chocolate on his feet. I, I don't know. That I understand. Who doesn't like chocolate? But you four were chosen by the winners were to be chosen because nobody really likes kids who are too smart or too um, good at things, yes? It is the man wanting to keep us down, brothers and sisters. Wait a yeah. second. You're telling me. They, they fear the power of the working class. You're telling me that. I am telling you. We didn't win anything except for to be put in the danger. Perhaps, but also maybe you uh, are the only ones they think can get out of the danger, too. There is more to the ritual, but this is all the boiler could find out. Hmm. Do you have eyes in the gym? Before they're closed, the, the, the hatch goes down and the, the steam goes through again. The boiler comes back. If the boiler didn't know any better, you would think the revolution had already begun in the gym. For the floors run red. With jello? I didn't get close enough. But yes, jello. I love jello. Well, I don't think you're ready for this jello. Is the jello made of children? Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> yeah, most likely. Oh, it's people. <laughs> it's just other babies. Do you see a book laying around in there? What is a book? I pull out the book that I have. One of these. One of the, the pipes, like, slides out of the wall and 
works its way to where your scanning room is. It's like a little steam eyeball looks at ah yeah, the the things that burn so well. Yes, there is one in the middle of the floor where most of the jello is located. Oh. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be all of that readable for much longer. Luckily, the jello is so thick it hasn't really sunk beneath it yet. It's just kind of floating there on the top of the jello. That's because gelatin is wiggly. Guys, guys, we gotta go get that book. Yeah, let's hurry up. Let's go get it. And there's gelatin. No. Okay, I'll go. As you start to leave the boiler, the boiler thanks you for the coal, comrades, and the bologna sandwich. You have but to call upon me once more, and the boiler shall aid you in any way that I can. Especially if the way of aiding you is to crush the bourgeoisie beneath the foots of progress. Godspeed, boiler. Thank you. Have fun, kids. Capitalism is a trap. Uh, and the boiler room door shuts. You just hear the sound of bald men with goatees arguing with each other. And with the knowledge that you need to get to the gym before something terrible happens, we're going to stop right there. <gasps> and we'll have to wait until the next episode of Even Funny Games presents our babies and frogs or spooktacular Halloween special event. Welcome back to Beyond the Shadows. As we continue our investigation of St. Golgoth's home for the perpetually befuddled, I can't help but think of something my spirit guide Oluwahu once told me. Helena, the spirit guide said, the only thing worse than an ungroomed dog is a man with the short end of the baguette. Profound words from the spirit world. Uh, mm, mm, I'm sorry, but what does that mean? Hmm? Uh, what does what mean? That thing you just said, um, the bit about the dog and the baguette, um, what, what does that mean? <laughs> Charles, <laughs> I forget sometimes that you're not an acolyte of the arts esoteric. It's a very deep and mystical lesson from across the veil of truth and shadows. You don't know either, do you? No. No, I do not. Do, uh, do you want to do it? No, no, you, um, <clears throat> you go ahead. You sure? Yeah, yeah, have fun. Okay. <laughs> As we come upon the witching hour, I feel we are also coming upon answers to the mystery of St. Gorgoff. Mysteries that may prove more terrifying than we could possibly imagine. Be sure to join us on our next episode when we venture even further beyond the shadows. Do you hear that? It's like rubber balls pouncing? Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on social media at at evenfootinggames on Instagram, 
and at EvenFootingG on Twitter. Evenfooting Games Presents cast includes Ashley Arbizer as Nighty Night the Moth Girl, Jason Cassidy as The Sitter, Steve Easton as Leonard the Frogman, Carrie Hunter as Jay the Thunderhawk, Jimmy St. James as Harlot the Snallygaster. Additional voice acting by Hannah Davies and Chaz Swan. Editing by Aaron Easton and Mike Ball. Even Footing Games' Babies and Broadswords, The Book with All the Rules and Crawl of Cthulhu are available for sale at Amazon and on DriveThruRPG. This podcast is supported by our wonderful patrons. People like Robin Grauer, Tommy Thacker, Ryan Shreve, Debbie Seacrest, Rick Taylor, Marilise DeSico, Jim Levis, Alex and Gina Molfinger, and Kathy Easton. <laughs>